for your heart-stopping news-packed 60 minutes of radio adrenaline. Webmaster Radio presents The Pulse. The Pulse. Take your seat among the experts in the search engine marketing arena. This weekly radio show keeps you informed of the latest search news, offers insight on the biggest forum discussions, and puts your finger on the pulse of the search marketing community. Our hosts have made their way to the round table. The Pulse, the Pulse. The Pulse. starts now. Good afternoon and good evening. Welcome to the sixth edition of the Search Pulse. Today is Tuesday, October 10th. My name is Barry Schwartz. I run the Search Engine Roundtable, and I am also known as Rusty Brick. That's the company I run. Like always with me, I have Ben Pfeiffer, the senior editor of the Search Engine Roundtable. His name in the forums is Phoenix. He's from RankSmart.com. And Chris Boggs, the associate editor of the Search Engine Roundtable, who works in the SEO department as a search strategist at Avenue A Razorfish. Um, today we have a special guest who should be on about 15 minutes. I'm not going to say who it is yet, but it should be pretty informative and pretty useful content from him. Um, I wanted to get started on you know the topics. First, I'm going to post a link to our last show, which was archived and posted last week. And here is that link. So if you guys want to check out the archive from the 5th edition, you can. And I'll, for now, let's get started on the, the big news that hit the forums this week in the search community. Uh, what we got here is that uh, the big news is basically YouTube. Um, Google bought YouTube. Um, the day before, um, uh, it was rumored over the weekend that Google, Google would actually buy them. I think TechCrunch started the rumor, then Wall Street backed it up, and the rumors were that you know they buy it for about you know between one and a half to two and a half you know billion dollars. What ha- and um, then the search community went ahead and said that's a stupid. You know, a lot of people said that's stupid. How could they do that? They explain they'll get themselves into like a copyright, you know, and all those types of legal issues that YouTube currently has. Um, but you know, Brett and Brett Tapke from Webmaster World, um, the major forum over there, said you know Google's pretty good at handling these copyright problems. Look at their, you know, they have the, they have their whole cache system where they cache all these pages. They go through, you know, all they do is pretty much syndicate content and send it out in in the form of you know links and you know the cache and Google Video and all these other things that they have out there already. So this was not a big deal. And then, you know, that night what happened was uh, Google announced in their you know, webcast that they actually bought uh, uh, YouTube for, I think it was $1.65 billion in stock. Um, or they will be buying them. They didn't actually buy them today, but they will be buying them shortly. And that created a ton of buzz in the forums. I literally have, I think it's about 10 or so different forum threads posted in, um, in the, at the Surgeon Roundtable that I put in the, in the chat room right here. But you can see that, you know, tons of people are talking about it. I'm not really sure how search-related this is, but it's all over the search forums. Google bought YouTube. It was buying YouTube for $1.65 billion in stock. And the search community, you know, blast out there. You know, I think it's great for the two young founders. Um, they basically created YouTube about two years ago, and bam, here it is. And they, you know, made a ton of money. Great for them. Um, I wanted to get, um, you know, Ben's thoughts on this. Ben, you there? Yeah, um, I, I, I thought this was kind of an interesting purchase. Um, I was looking at some of the forums, and, and people were really kind of wondering why Google purchased YouTube when they have Google Video. Um, and I guess it has to do with just kind of usership and just being able to um, expose more people to their products, and obviously from an advertising angle. Um, one of the critics, a lot of people said that, you know, YouTube would get slammed with, um, you know, tons of lawsuits just with a lot of this copyrighted material on YouTube, but I think one of the benefits of YouTube over Google Video and some of these other places is that a lot of this this material is 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 put up by users and not by YouTube itself. 
And a lot of even some of this copyrighted material, like the popular shows and Grey's Anatomy, Lost, and stuff like this, actually goes further to help promote those shows. And I was looking today on some of the things, and it seems a lot of these people kind of take some of these episodes and chop them up and add music videos to them. So it's kind of interesting on what's going on. Um, and, you know, there's a bunch of people that really didn't like this. Um, Mark Cuban, uh, for example, posted some big piece about how it was pretty idiotic at Google for this and how, in reality, what's going to happen is that um, advertisers are really going to suffer from this when they start putting ads on here. And um, when people are watching kind of Aunt Jenny and her uh, niece tap dance and when there's be ads displaying all over the place, it's really going to not have a lot of value to them. Um, so we'll see. It's a big, big, big purchase price, and we'll see how Google is planning to recoup some of this. Very good. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, uh, first of all, good evening, guys. Nice nice being here again and uh, looking forward to a good show. Uh, I think this is a great, uh, obviously a great headline story to talk about first. Uh, you know, this is a huge deal. Um, I recall when Google bought Urchin, um, I happened to be friends with some of the guys at Urchin and had a rough idea of how much they paid for it. And I can, I can tell you that the Urchin guys are probably kicking themselves right now. Uh, this deal just uh, dwarfs that one from, from what I know. So... Um, and as far as wh- how important it will be to Google, is definitely you know something to question. Um, as Ben hinted towards, it's not going to really match up as well as with uh, you know some of their other platforms that they're able to serve their advertising on. Um, there's an article in today's Internet News actually, uh, which I'll post in the uh, uh, chat room right now. That um, the, the writer actually uh, gets an interview from. Uh, Jupiter Kagan Research, Emily Riley, and uh, her opinion on the question is, is whether or not Google can earn a full return on its investment with sponsored search results in YouTube's video search engine. I think she brings up a good point and said that YouTube visitors don't search so much for videos, so um, they don't search as much, according to her, for videos. So, and, and it's hard to really, uh, unless these videos are properly labeled and tagged and so forth, for them for Google then to serve up relevant ads. So that's definitely going to be a problem. Um, you know, YouTubers aren't looking for a candy site such as the Candyland store when they search for Mentos videos, for example. Uh, is a good example I thought Emily Riley came up with. There is uh, going to need to be some work done as far as to how they can uh, apply this new product and, and, and obviously push their ads towards it because, I mean, that's going to be... I would think one of the main reasons that they would have made the purchase is for all those impressions that they're going to get and hopefully some click-throughs that will end up converting for uh, people that uh, are using the content ads. So um, I think overall it's an interesting move. Uh, I think it's going to take a little while to decide whether or not it's it's a good move in the long run for Google. It doesn't look like the stock's down from it. I think it's down just a couple dollars today. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see how this plays out over the next few months and, and see what happens exactly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I had random people who are not involved in the search, like family and, you know, people I, you know, see around. They're like, oh, do you hear the news? YouTube, you know, is bought by Google. And they just, just every news channel, it's on everywhere. And it's just, it's just so, it's, it's not Google, but it's just amazing how, you know, this happens, really. Um Something else I found that was pretty interesting, I got an email Friday around, it must have been 6 or so, um, Eastern Time or a little after 6, um, where 
somebody, a reader in Search Engine Roundtable informed me that the Google News homepage, news.google.com, um, had an image of a naked woman um, who turned out to be, I think, Jessica Simpson's head, somebody else's body, um, po- in the actual, under the entertainment section of the news.google.com. It was an actual nude photo of a woman. And I got this photo. I forwarded it over to Danny so he could post it at the Search Engine Watch blog. I posted it at the Search Engine Roundtable blog. And what we saw was, you know, it was it linked to some weird-looking site, um, and it was just a random, it was just totally I'd never seen at Google before where they had, you know, posted a, a nude image. And obviously all this is, you know, based on computer algorithms and it's not done by a human. So you can't blame somebody for actually going there and actually picking out a, a nude photo of somebody and putting it up there. But it did draw some attention. Um, and I know, Chris, you might have something to say about that since you <laughs> enjoy nude photos. Yes, uh, and uh, what, what red-blooded American doesn't? You know, we may not all admit it. We may not all admit it, uh, but uh, I think that we all enjoy it. To me, this reminds me, believe it or not, uh, as to um, first of all, I, I disagree. Um, I think it, it's not that egregious of, of a thing having a, a topless photo on on the internet. Uh, I think that, you know, I have a little baby boy, and I, I wouldn't feel that bad if he was five or six and he happened to see that. And I know that you feel differently about that, Barry, so I'm glad that we actually finally disagree about something on this show. Uh, but um, personally, it reminds me of the situation with, uh, you know, Clinton and uh, his situation with Monica Lewinsky. To me, that was completely blown out of proportion, and I think it's, uh, it's a greater testament to how our society in the United States, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for this, but um, is a little bit behind uh, some other more um, advanced, not advanced, but some societies that have been around a little bit longer. This kind of thing is really shouldn't be that big of a deal. I mean, someone uh, actually posted on your, uh, you know, on the, uh, in the comments to your post on this uh, that, uh, you know, looks a little, that his quote was, she looks a little old to me, but other than that, no harm, no foul, so... I guess I put myself in the same uh, same side as him. Very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess I would disagree. I wouldn't want my five-year-old son seeing something like that on Google News. I mean, if he happened to stumble upon, you know, a site that is made for that, that's one thing. But not. I mean, it's shocking for anybody to see something like that. I think on Google News or Yahoo's homepage or any major news source site that hasn't had that in years or ever. So that's why I just find it shocking, and it's just anything that's really shocking, it might be a bit too much opinion. Um, ben, your thoughts? Yeah, no, I agree with Barry. I, honestly, I would not want this on the homepage, you know, of Google News if, if I ever came across it or if anybody, you know, like one of my younger brothers was standing next to me. Um, you know, I don't see it so shocking. You know, it's boobies on Google, but at the same time, it's kind of like, it's not really necessary, and if who knows how it happened? Maybe there's more pictures of Jessica Simpson nude than there are with clothes on. I don't know, <laughs> but I, I personally Simpson? don't like it. I I, I kind of would take offense if I saw this quite often. Uh, Chris, you had a comment on that, or no? I was just wondering, is that Jessica Simpson? I, I don't recognize who it is, really. Yeah, I think the well, it's is... from that movie Employee of the Month, which she's in with like a bunch of other. Actors and such, so I, I guess that's what. Okay. I, I guess that's who it is. Well, the funny thing is, too, someone brought up that uh, it it actually links to a gambling site or something, doesn't it? Yeah, or it did. So yeah, so that was interesting. Yes. 
Um, another interesting thing on Google's part is that if you do a search on the exact title of the of my post, porn found on Google News Home into in Google News, and I am indexed in Google News, the search around that is indexed in Google News, you'll notice that it doesn't come up. All stories about you know finding you know adult or pornographic or nude photos on Google News' homepage has not it doesn't come up in Google News. Just interesting, it's a little side note on that. So I thought you guys could find that. Interesting in terms of censorship. I don't know. Did if you it's search it at Yahoo? I did not. Did you? Uh, Let's give it a try right now. Uh, uh, a lot more. Ent- there's a lot more results. That's for sure. All right. So you see it there. There's some posts actually about um, Google blacklisting some of the the posts about porn on the news site. Um, so yeah, it does seem to be somewhat censored. Right. So if you do a search, I just actually posted a, a link in the chat room. You do a search on exactly the same phrase in, in Yahoo News, you get the first result is the search engine roundtable, and you get other results as well. Um, I don't know if they're on that topic, but they're there. Um, okay, so, yeah, that answer is that, I guess. Um, the next topic I wanted to discuss is that um, Google, it's basically an SEO question. It's, the question is, can Google take away a site's trusted value? Uh, these days, a lot of people believe in, you know, a site has to earn trust in Google, the whole sandbox thing, before it actually can rank well. So like any business, you know, you can't just start a business and just, you know, have pe- gain people's trust. You have to have, you know, years of, you know, pleasing customers and, you know, building a reputation around that business. Of course, you could have, you know, you could be a big company and start a sub, you know, company and then market like crazy and earn and live off the trust of the of the parent company. And that's done all the time. But... And it works the same way with sites. You know, large you know large sites can you know you know build off smaller sites and do the same thing. And I have this you know topic here on you know can Google take away trust? And yes, I believe you know Google can take away the trust from a site. I think I believe it's all you know based it's automated and Google can look at certain patterns and find certain patterns and then automatically you know devalue the site's trust and you'll see the rankings drop from let's say you have a number five ranking you can see your rankings drop to number forty or fifty or sixty. And you can see that, and people ask, why does that happen? Sometimes it's an indexing issue, sometimes it's an SEO issue, but sometimes it's really a trust issue. And I know of cases specifically where there were trust issues on this on this topic. I mean, I've I've seen it myself firsthand, to be honest. Um, I wanted to, uh, last uh, Ben, and it's your turn. I wanted to know if, your thoughts on this whole trust value thing. Yeah, no, I actually agree with the things that you said. Um, I think trust can get, be taken away um, relatively pretty easy. And the example of this guy's site on Webmaster World was kind of a good one because he had a relatively, he said, PR7 or 8 site. And, you know, the site wasn't really making a lot of money. And what he started doing was promoting some um, web hosting companies. Discovered he made, you know, a couple grand a month. And then what he started to do was do a bunch of commission junk links to a lot of the merchants um, from the hosting company and went from 300 pages to about 900 pages. Um, so, you know, it's kind of interesting that, like, beforehand he had 300 pages about whatever topic that site was about, and then afterwards he had significantly over 50% more pages about, you know, this just hosting type of junk or whatever. So it completely flip-flopped it around, and I'm, I was not surprised when I was reading this that this guy's site, you know, kind of lost rankings because, you know, in a lot of ways if you're going to take 50% of your pages and change them up and do one thing, you know, a completely different topic than what you're originally promoting. This is going to look highly suspicious um, to Google. And, you know, in regards to the trust ranks um, algorithm, how Google explains it is, um, you know, they're looking for good documents on the web and trying to 
you know, root out spam in a lot of ways. So um, people were also asking about um, whether the links, uh, affiliate links that he was using uh, had anything to do with them losing trust. And I personally don't think affiliate links will cause you any way to lose trust with Google. Um, he was using a no-follow link, which in, in my experience I haven't had too much luck with, with those affiliate links, which you should do is more of a redirect and kind of ban Google from following those. Um, but more or less it had to do with more of the content on the site. And um, one thing webmasters can do is, is use one of Google's own webmasters tools um, in the statistics tab in Google Site Maps. There's, it's called page analysis. And what this does is it kind of allows you to see what Google sees of your site content and the various keywords that are placed on there. And if you have an overabundance of you know, certain types of keywords, then Google's obviously kind of interpreting this as a little bit different about your site. Um, I know on like a blog of mine that I have, um, you know, with photos and stuff, I have a big problem with like comment spam and trackback spam. And oftentimes I look at this just to see, you know, casino or ringtones pop up all the time, and I have issues with Google sometimes with this. So um, it's something to watch out, and I don't think it's something that's going to happen a lot to webmasters. But if you do these radical changes like this guy was doing, you know, converting your site to basically affiliate spam, then watch out. <laughs> cool. All right, great. Um, and Chris, do you have anything to add? Sure. Um, I'll try to keep it short because I know we've got a guest coming on soon. But to me, I think that the, the whole premise of this thread at Webmaster World, which is a great read, uh, there is a little bit of apples and oranges kind of situation here because trust rank, as uh, I think it's Glenn Gara points out, is actually uh, a different um, sort of an algorithm uh, that um, it's, it's a link analysis technique, and it's somewhat related to PageRank. But um, it, it really, um, it, it's talking about reputable good pages on the web from, from web spam. And, and it, to me, I'm not sure if the reasons that this person uh, prom promotes as being the possible reasons for uh, all his listings being gone are, are, there's probably, I think, more than meets the eye to this story. And I haven't read the entire thread. It's a pretty long thread, and there may be some more information further along. But... Uh, uh, another thing to look at, I mean, you know, you don't want to call out anyone, but he said that, uh, you know, and, and affiliate, what you mentioned about the affiliate links, Ben, I, I agree with, and I'm not at all trying to say that if you join Commission Junction, you're, you're suddenly going to lose your trust, which is, you know, potentially what this guy's trying to hint towards. But um, it's very possible, I feel, uh, that if Google, uh, I think the question itself, is the answer to it is yes, Google can remove a site's trust uh, just very easily and, and most likely manually with the help of uh, some, some flags that have been risen by the spiders. So uh, I think it's a, it's a good read. Uh, the thread should be read, and, and, and people should go in and, and comment some more and, and help try to help this monster 88 uh, figure out what his problem is. Great. You're right. I, mean, I like to say personally um, that I find that uh, sites have a trust value in terms of like a scale of something like a one to whatever it might be it, they have a trust value and, and they can lower that value and increase that value and your rankings can have an effect positively and negative negatively based on that value um there are obviously penalties and you can be delist, delisted as well but that's i think something separate um all right i think we're gonna go into a commercial now hopefully we'll get on our guest as soon as we get back so let's hit um, a commercial Sit tight and don't move. The Pulse. Pulse. We'll be back after this short break. And now. 
Now, WebmasterRadio.fm proudly presents Inspirational Moments by David Mayer. Some things in life are never wrong. And some things in life are always wrong. But there's a very fine line between what is really wrong and what is truly wrong. But in life, everything wrong. <laughs> Tune in for more inspirational moments with David Naylor and Mikkel Demib every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. It's all about links. Baby, content is king, but links are what you need to get you those all-important organic search listings. Float to the top of your keyword listings within the major portals while driving targeted traffic to your website at the same time. Work with a company with a proven track record for delivering results for thousands of individual website owners and major Fortune 500 companies. TextLinkAds.com is your source for securing relevant links. Baby, TextLinkAds.com. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Now, back to The Pulse. Pulse. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome back to The Pulse. Um, this is Barry Schwartz. Again with me is Ben Pfeiffer and Chris Box. The next topic I wanted to discuss uh, is about Google's blog getting hacked. Um, what happened on it happened on what day? Saturday. It, the Google blog a post went up at five PST time in the evening, titled "Google Click the Call Project Cancelled." Basically, click the call is a uh, feature Google came out with where they're allowing people to place ads on Google AdWords, and a little phone icon comes up uh, when you do a search on, let's say, iPod. And a phone icon will come up next to the ad on the right-hand side. And when that phone, when that, when, when somebody clicks on that phone icon, it allows you to type in a phone number, and then it automatically will go ahead and dial the number, and it will call you back. You know, hopefully, hopefully call you back saying, you know, from with a salesperson from that website saying you typed in your number and you're interested about this keyword phrase since you use our, you know, Google's click the call feature. It's like it's AdWords but over the phone, and. What happened was uh, somebody posted a, a fake thread. They hacked into the Google blog, and they posted a fake thread saying that the project has been canceled. There was typos and, and misspellings. Post, 
And later on, Google went ahead and posted a response saying that, yes, this was a fake post, and they said a bugging blogger enabled an unauthorized user to make a fake post on the Google blog last night, claiming that we discontinued our AdWords click-to-call test. The bug was fixed quickly, and the post was removed. As for the click-to-call test, it's, you know, it's still going on, and we're pleased with the results thus far. Um, so, basically, I wanted to... Um, pause on that feature right now, and I wanted to get our guest on, who just got on right now, and it's Tim Mayer from Yahoo. Tim, are you there? Yeah, hi, Barry. It's Tim Meyer here. Very good, Barry. Tim Meyer. Um, yeah, so Tim Meyer is one of the head search people over at Yahoo. He's been in the industry forever and ever. I mean, you've been in the industry how long now? Well, I've been in search, doing search stuff since about 93, but I've been uh, doing web search stuff since uh, 99, so about Sort of seven, I guess it's about seven or eight years, uh, years now doing uh, stuff on the web. So, yeah. All right. So that's pretty much forever in our terms. But uh, yep. I wanted to discuss with you one topic, if you have a minute, about the, uh, the repeated request in the search forms for Yahoo um, to add support for the no directory tag. Um, back in the day, um, like a few months ago, Google and MSN, now live.com added a feature that allows them to uh, webmaster to say, I don't want to use the ODP, the Open Directory Project directory tag in my search results, in the, you know, the web search results. And people ever since then have been you know, really requesting from Yahoo that they should go ahead and do the same thing for the Yahoo directory tag. So, for example, if you do a search on one of, a site that's listed in the Yahoo directory, oftentimes it would actually use the Yahoo directory tag for the title tag of the page. And... A lot of people don't like that because they don't want to always get to, you know, describe what they want in that directory tag. Sometimes the right. directory editor, you know, just, just says it for them, and sometimes they don't. Um, so what is your thought on that, Tim? Yeah, so we recently moved to a new system. Um, for the past few years, we've been uh, pretty much overriding the uh, any type of abstract with the Yahoo directory abstract, which obviously uh, isn't the optimal uh, optimal approach. Uh, recently, we've changed uh, the way we do that. Um, we used to have a, a strict hierarchy where the Yahoo directory, if there was one available, was always put in there. And then our next um, preference was to use a contextual abstract. Many people call that a snippet. Uh, and then our, our third choice was typically uh, on-page uh, data in the meta tag uh, description uh, that people gave us, we would use that as, a, as the next choice. And finally, if, if we didn't get anything from there, we would use ODP. Um, since then, we've moved to an approach where we use an algorithm to selectively choose uh, which one of these um, is the best uh, to choose from. So you're not going to get overridden by the Yahoo directory uh, quite so much. Um, in terms of um, new things, we know that MSN and Google have added uh, support for the no ODP tag, and we do, since that is um, a selection uh, of what we, we could choose from now, rather than the sort of fifth option, fourth or fifth option, um, the ODP will show up more than it used to. Uh, we, ha we will be adding uh, support for the no, no ODP tag uh, probably in the next week or two. Uh, so you should see that rolling out um, probably next week or the week after. Um, the, uh, we don't currently have, um, uh, in the next few weeks, launching a no Yahoo directory tag, but that is something that um, you know, we would like to do uh, in the near future. I know a lot of people have, uh, you know, have asked for that. 
but we felt that the no ODP tag was something that was an industry standard and, uh, you know, that we should support it. Great. Right. I, that, I mean, that is great news. I'm, I'm sure hopefully you guys could roll out. People specifically are wanting the Yahoo directory tag, uh, a clause for that itself, uh, because it is hard to update your directory listings. Um, so that's about it. I mean, I appreciate you taking the time to come on. Uh, I know you're busy, so I want to let you go. I think Chris and Ben, you want to say anything? Uh, yeah, thanks, Tim, for coming. First of all, hey, Tim. How are you? <laughs> Very good, thanks. Great. Uh, first of all, I want to just congratulate you for being uh, one of the search engine reps that does actually dare to share a beer or two with us SEOs when we're at conferences and so forth. So keep up the good work on there. And uh, it'd oh, be great good. I look forward to seeing you guys in uh, Vegas, hopefully. I think that's the next one I'm going to, which I think is in the middle of, uh, middle of November. But I will definitely uh, uh, be there for a few days. Outstanding. Cool. And Ben, do you want to say anything? Yeah, thanks, Tim, for coming on and uh, explaining a little bit more about the uh, directory tag. I think it was really helpful um, because some people don't like it. And, and at the same time, some do. All right, so, Tim, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and uh, hope to see you in Vegas soon. Yeah, good luck with your show. I appreciate you. you having me on. Thanks. Thank All right, that was good. Um, guys, do you have anything else to add about that? Um, let's start with Chris. Uh, not really. I mean, I like. Um, I think you you touched on it, but I think it would be really great if we could have uh, an easier time actually affecting changes to the Yahoo directory tag, and then that way this wouldn't be an issue. If we could have some sort of, uh, you know, a uh, Google Webmaster Tools type of portal that we can go in and make changes to the directory listings, that would be awesome. Cool. And Ben, do you have anything else to add, or if we're good? Um, not too much else. I, I was curious about what Tim meant when he said a selective algorithm in order to choose between using the directory tag and, and using maybe like a meta description on that and like how a site would get stuck with it, um, whether if it had a directory listing or not. Um, so I was curious, kind of curious about that. I think it's a positive thing, and hopefully in the next couple of weeks we'll see some changes from Yahoo for this, and it will be able to further enable um, better listings in Yahoo and hopefully more traffic. Right. Cool. All right, so let's get back on the topic of the Google blog being hacked. In short, a fake post went up on Saturday saying Google click the call project has been canceled. Google then later said that was a, you know, a fake post and the bug that allowed that fake post is fixed. Um, Chris, do you have anything to add to that? Sure. Um, I think that uh first of all, it'd be really cool to find out who did this. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, personally, I feel that it might have be someone else that has some interest in the click-to-call uh, industry <laughs> and may want to try to knock down Google and, and hope maybe uh, uh, driving more people to enjoy their product. Uh, but uh, I think it's, it's just uh, another example of how uh, dangerous hackers can be. And uh, in this particular instance, I mean, this was a well-thought-out hack. It wasn't someone going in and saying, hey, uh, go visit my porn site or my uh, casino site, but it was something that was very specific to something Google's done recently, and it uh, was obviously a very believable post. So uh, I hate to say kudos to the hackers, but you know, good job on on uh, on the content for it. Right. Yeah, it's true. Um, ben, thoughts? Yeah. What kind of exploit or whatever could a hacker use in order to hack into Google blog blog like that? I just thought that was kind of strange. Um, I don't know. I thought the message kind of seemed a little bit more anti-eBay than anything, as it was a as the, they quoted a a monopolistic approach that would damage small companies in the CRM area. 
Um, so, you know, or maybe what Chris said, maybe it's another competitor that just really, really didn't like this. Um, I thought it was kind of funny, actually. <laughs> you could see all those people on there reading this going, you know, freaking out and blogging about it. Definitely was funny. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, Danny uh, the other day was saying how, Danny Sullivan, Searchers Watch, was saying how it's funny because they just recently posted a thing about how Google's, like, focusing on security, blah, 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 security this, security that, and then this happens to them, which is kind of funny. In any event, um, I wanted to get over to an SEO topic. Uh, the topic is, does an SEO, a search engine optimizer, need to know HTML to be a good SEO? Um, we have some comments in the forums. SEO Mike at Search Engine Watch Forum said that HTML is the foundation to SEO. Like building a house, you have to have a solid foundation, etc. And Ian McGarren said, in his experience, 60% of all difficulties in rankings are due to a technical issues with coding or hosting slash DNS. Therefore, if you do not know enough to troubleshoot these two areas, you're only doing about 40% of your job. That was the topic, and I wanted to let's talk with Ben about his thoughts on SEO and HTML. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, if you're going to be an SEO in any capacity in order to look at lots of different codes and situations, especially now, that more than ever when there's so much stuff going on and you have to troubleshoot a lot of stuff, you definitely need to know HTML. And I know from hiring people, um, you know, you get people that don't know HTML but are really good at copywriting and there's definitely work for them. And then you get those that are completely more on the design end but don't know squat about SEO um, at, at all. So, I mean, if you've got a good balance of being able to work with HTML, just a working knowledge of, you know, what tags are which and how to, you know, CSS works and maybe you know, possibly tables and program a site, um, then you can get by pretty well. And it, it just it just really, really helps just in the SEO stuff that you do, especially if you're going to, you know, work on SEO on your own sites. Um, you'll need to know this type of stuff. And, you know, Ian's comments um, I, I thought were really excellent on what he had to say um, and even some of the follow-up stuff, you know, just differentiate between no-followed links and understanding CSS layout systems and um, pop-ups and stuff like that and understanding what you know header tags are and whatnot are just really vital to uh, this part of the business. Right. Yeah, people in the chat room right now are just saying, you know, SEO is so easy to learn. Um, Blackbeard said that non-HTML people are, are just silly, um, which is kind of funny. But there are, you know, cases where you could do consulting. Yes, you can do consulting, SEO consulting, without knowing HTML. But HTML is very, very easy to learn, and it's really hard to tell somebody to, you know, change your title tag without knowing what a title tag is. And now let's get over to Chris, see what his thoughts are on this whole SEO HTML thing. Okay, so it's time for my second disagreement of the evening. <laughs> um, you know, as far as this, if, if you're a one-man SEO shop, then obviously you need to know HTML because, uh, you know, I don't think I would agree with Ian that it's uh, 60% of, uh, of the work that needs to be done for SEO is structurally related. Um, I mean, I would put that number far lower, actually, in a lot of cases, especially in the cases where people have no content or... Uh, you know, uh, I guess you could call it structure-related if they're presenting their content and images or so forth. But the way I look at it is, you know, first of all, it's a big pie. SEO is a big pie. And if you're a shop, a larger shop, like us, for example, you know, we have specialists in, in each area. We have engineers that handle structural issues and that may also work towards meta and so forth. Uh, we have marketing experts and usability experts that that work towards uh, the usability of the site, which, as we all know, is very helpful uh, if a site is nice and, and usable. Uh, it can also translate to being more SEO-friendly. 
but you know, not all developers have have a clue about marketing or or usability type type situations. So this is something that I thought about when I was first getting into this back back in you know in 2000 or so. Should I learn HTML? And the fact is, is that over the years I have picked up a decent understanding of basic HTML, like you mentioned earlier, Ben, and I believe Barry. Uh, you know, uh, the tags um, and, and things of that nature, and the meta area and, and stuff like that. I could certainly write that that stuff. And and from my use of Dreamweaver, you know, I've picked up enough rudimentary knowledge that I can pick it up. But I feel fortunate that working in a larger organization, I know that I've got a go-to person that I can say, okay, I'm going to work on content and linking and so forth on this project. I need you 